and I'm so excited to spend some of our Monday morning together. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM, and this is Let's Grab Coffee. Every Monday morning, I'm joined by experts from across the country who are investigating our most pressing social issues and common curiosities. Over the next hour, you'll learn about their inspirations, motivations, and of course, what they know about the world around us. So grab that cup of coffee and get ready for a fun and insightful conversation. So one thing you absolutely must know is that here on Let's Grab Coffee, of course we love coffee, but we love food. And one of my favorite topics to talk about on the show is different aspects of food. And so this morning I have a treat for you all. Today I'm joined by Christina McCarter, a food tourism entrepreneur or a foodpreneur. And she is dominating the food scene, not just here in Memphis, but also expanding her reach across the nation, of course, focused on food. So you may know her from Memphis Dining Week, City Tasting Tours, City Tasting Box, the Craft Food and Wine Festival, or Feast and Graze. And even if you didn't know, she was the woman behind some of these things. I'm betting at least one of these food businesses you have heard of and probably even enjoyed. So we are going to get into more of Christina's many business ventures and some of the delicious foods we have here in the Mid-South. Good morning, Christina. Thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. I am happy to be here today. <laughs> yes, I am so excited to have you here. You know, we're just coming off the inaugural Memphis Dining Week. Yes. And so I just wanted to do it first, a check in with you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling so good and like so grateful. Um, I was just so shocked to have so many people um, excited with me especially considering we're in a pandemic still. So I'm just happy how it all turned out. It all turned out very well. And I'm happy about that uh, for not just me, but the restaurants and Refuge Memphis as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think people are very much still excited about food and happy yes. to be able, of course, to support local. And I know that the Memphis Dining Week has ended for this year, but yeah. I would love for you to tell listeners just a little bit about some of the highlights from the week for you. Yeah. You heard folks um, kind of feedback that you got. Oh, yes. Um, I would say from the beginning, we had such a good, you know, turnout. Um, a lot of the restaurants were excited about that. A lot of the, um, like Seema's the chef, he was very impressed with how it turned out. Um, the owners at uh, Magnolia in May, they were just like, everything was so professional. They had a, you know, a really good turnout. Their staff was ready. Uh, Miles Tamboli, he sent me a message and was like, thank you for always putting on, you know, a good event. And, you know, I feel like anytime chefs tell you the truth, like, and they're, they're happy and stuff, it's like, I love to be on their happy side, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, the, the people who went, you know, I saw, I saw so much great feedback on social media. And the biggest of all were two things were my biggest highlights. Refuge Memphis, the executive director, she called me and said that they gained over like almost 200 new followers on their social media. So that, you know, was great for their brand awareness. And then also um, the folks at Magnolia and May, they took all of their staff to Tamboli's to eat on the last day. So that was like community support and community. I thought that was great. Yeah, I love that. So 13 participating restaurants. Yes, 13 restaurants. Uh, we had the $25 lunch, or some places had, I believe, a $25 dinner, too, but it was a $25, $35, and $45 menu. And then $1 of every tab goes to Refuge Memphis uh, to help them continue to provide hot meals for those in need, including people like us who were, like, losing our jobs instantly and restaurant workers and everybody, moms who, you know, all of a sudden had to 
do virtual learning and all of that. So, yeah. Yes, I love this whole creation of event with multiple purposes, right? Yes, so, yeah. of course, giving back to Refuge Memphis, such an mm -hmm. important organization, but also making that community both with people who were dining at these restaurants, but also across these different businesses as well. Yeah. So I think that's so important. And especially because, you know, yes, we are definitely still very much in a health crisis, uh, but that importance of community becomes even more heightened right now yeah. um, to mm -hmm. feel that we have, you know, people that we belong to, a sense of belonging, and also that yeah. we're not alone, right, in, yes. in this time. So I love that Refuge Memphis was able to get kind of get their name out there more. Yeah. That was exciting. And then of yeah. course, some really great restaurants that were included in this inaugural week. And so I'm assuming this will be will be just annual or might it be more than once a year? You know, I, I wish we could, honestly. <laughs> I wish we could do it, you know, like a spring, summer, fall, winter, because then you can get two different types of seasons. But it's gonna just be <laughs> it's gonna be once a year because um, it's a lot to pull together even with thirteen restaurants and we're thinking you know we want thirty next year that way we can keep it diverse how we had it this year you know it's a very diverse group of restaurants anything from like a arcade and genre which you know arcade has been here over a hundred years genre just opened then we had like dory which is like super fine dining and a few others that were you know casual so i want to keep having it diverse and just keep expanding that but um yeah just once a year for right now it i can see it getting to like you know maybe two weeks way down the line but for right now just one week yeah, that's awesome. And you're right. I love the diversity of the restaurants in the types of restaurants, the styles, the different dining mm -hmm. experiences. And I think it gives people an excuse to maybe try something new. Yep. Which I know sometimes people can be a little bit scared to go to yep. a type of restaurant that yeah. they've never been to or a type of cuisine. But this gives people a reason to get mm -hmm. out and try different places. I agree. I agree. We definitely got a lot of people. Oh, I've been wanting to go to Tamboli's. I've been wanting to go to uh, Grecian Gourmet, you know. So, yeah, it was a great excuse for a lot of people to go out and eat and, you know, try something new. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned something. You're like, you know, 13 restaurants is a lot to kind of organize and coordinate because I think people see it or hear about a dining week or a restaurant week and they think, oh, it's just go to these restaurants. But there's a lot of things that are happening <laughs> behind the scenes. So could you give us just a little sneak peek into some of the things that, that have to happen to make such a great week like this exist? I mean, you have to get them to say yes. You have to get the restaurants on board and people, you know, I think they'll assume all the time, like, oh, you're in with everyone. Like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that right now is a good time for them, you know? So you have to pick a good time of year. You have to try to get, you know, some partnerships with you to sign up. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot of printing that goes on with the menus and getting the menus curated you know, because you're basically working around their schedule and you need to understand that that takes a lot of grace. It is not the easiest thing to do to say, hey, I need you to get this menu to me by this date and as if they don't have a million other things going on in their life, you know, so it's you just have to work around that and um, and then get people like interested in it and make sure you get press, you know, to because if you don't get press, then everybody's looking at you like, I thought this was about to be, you know, something. So it's it's a lot of pressure in that because, you you know, everybody's done their parts. And now they're like, what is the turnout going to be like? So, yeah. Yeah. And why was it important for you to organize this event, to organize Memphis Dining Week? So uh, me and Lisa Brown, my partner with City Tasting Box, before City Tasting Box, we wanted to do events together. But COVID happened, so we couldn't do that. So we kind of just revisited the idea. And she was like, we should do it this year. And I was like, I don't know. I can't see, you know, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm like so deep in 
the restaurant scene and I was just looking at all the struggles everybody was going through and I just I said I don't know but I was like if we do it you know if we get five to ten restaurants we'll be fine and she said yeah just we got to get it started we got to do it you know and if you can get it done during these times next year it'll be a breeze right so <laughs> So we went ahead and did it. I did my normal. Hey, let me call a few people, see, see what they say a little, you know, if I get a little twinkle, at least, you know, and uh, I did. I got a lot of instant yeses. Um, so I was like, okay, well, we might be, we might be good. So um, it was just something that we needed to do. Lisa, uh, she's from Memphis, but she lived in Chicago for 10 years. And, you know, Chicago, I think they have a a week or two two weeks long dining week and it's massive so she was used to that and then she came home and she was like is there a like a citywide restaurant week here and i said no there isn't and she was like well you should do it and i was like girl i have enough going on but here we are right here we are <laughs> yeah yeah. So, yeah i was you know it's just one of those things it, it, it doesn't exist and we we have two different you know both of us have two different experiences with it and we can make it something great. So we have, we have a ton more ideas y'all that we want to do with this week, but for right now, that's what we did. And yeah, we're, we're already excited about next year. Yes. Yes. Definitely looking forward to next year. Now yeah. you just mentioned you have a lot on your plate and you definitely do, but we're, I mean, we're so happy that you do because yeah. <laughs> We definitely get to benefit from all these great ideas that you have. I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk yeah. about city tasting tours. Because yeah. I know that city tasting tours, you've been doing that for five years. Mm -hmm. That's your longest running food business. Yeah, right? yeah that's my baby. Yeah, your baby, <laughs> city tasting tours, which I absolutely love this idea of just, you know, again, local restaurants, mm -hmm. in, you know, the city. Um, tell us more about why city tasting tours. Yeah, so city tasting tours is what I call the ultimate foodie experience. Um, and uh, honestly, the ultimate like Memphis experience, because you get so much culture all in two and a half hours. Um, I think I've been doing a tour before when you were like just out eating and you kind of <laughs> saw like, oh, this is OK, I get it. You know, and a lot of people have done that. They're like, OK, this isn't just about going to eat at the different restaurants. I'm sharing history about the city. I'm sharing exciting future uh, endeavors that we have in the city. I'm we're walking down the street and just seeing locals and saying hey to people. I mean, it's it's a true, like, if you want to experience Memphis as a local, that experience is by far the most fun. Plus, you get to eat and meet all these different chefs, and they come out and talk to you and tell you about what you're eating. They might even share the recipe with you. It's, it's truly a lot of fun. You go on tours with people who you don't know. They could be from Australia or North Memphis. I mean, it's the range is there and it's so much fun and it's so much good food. Yes, some really good food. What yeah. are some of the restaurants right now that are on the city tasting tour? Um, right now, because it's only downtown, so right now we're doing like Rizzo's, Grecian Gourmet, Cupcake Cutie, um, we'll start back with Butterific Bakery soon, Prima's Bakery, uh, sometimes south of Beale, um, who else? Sometimes Slider Inn, mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. Lot of, <laughs> a lot of really great places. Now, yeah. I know part of the tour is, it's not just the food part, but as you mentioned, it is mm -hmm. also the history and the culture of yeah. food, I think is just so important. So if you could maybe share with us some of a favorite piece of Memphis history yeah. you share on the tour. Yeah, um, it's a few, but I would always say the National Civil Rights Museum because that one I can, 
kind of adjust. None of my tours are the same. It's never going to be the same script. It kind of depends on who's on the tour, right? So if it's the people who live in Memphis, we kind of know the Civil Rights Museum, right? But then I kind of go more in depth with what it used to be before what we all know it as, as this, you know, place of the assassination. It was so much more before that. It was a hangout spot for us and, you know, celebrities and everything used to go there. Um, sometimes I'll mention the history of just South Main Arts District as a whole and how that got started, and, like Trolley Night and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, or even um, the murals. I, I really like showing people the murals and then actually telling them the story behind the mural. It's not just this pretty colorful piece of art. It's way more than that. It's a story behind just about every mural up and down Main Street. Yes. I mean, I think so much of history of any city is tied up into places and spaces. Yeah. And of course, the food, you know, yes. the food that we have, what types of food and the foods that we don't have. Right. All right. of that is telling right. us something about the city, about the mm-hmm. people, about opportunities. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely love that. So for city tasting tours, I know you mentioned that it's predominantly downtown mm-hmm. uh, and they're all walking tours. Right. Um, and so how much walking might someone do on a tour for folks who are listening and are like, I got to do that? Yeah, so there's actually not that much walking. If you talk to somebody who took my tour back in 2016, they would say different because I didn't have a lot of restaurants. So we were walking over a mile on the tours and we were eating way too much food. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it's the Southern in us, right? We want to feed everybody. Oh, yeah. Now it's, it's definitely under a mile. Uh, because it's more just straight South Main Arts District, so it's it's maybe half a mile, but you could you would be fine if you did need to walk a mile on that tour because it's it's stop you know go stop go it's not a straight up mm-hmm. instant walk like my my family and everybody has taken the tours kids have taken the tours it's it's pretty friendly to everybody. Mm-hmm. And right now tours are they public or private? No, so they're private right now. I think that's the easiest way for me to be able to control it a little better uh, with scheduling with all the things, right? So um, until I get someone trained again to run the tours, it'll be private tours for now. Yeah, but still a great way to get together with friends or in- yeah, get with your, you know, get with your friends, your coworkers, people you feel comfortable with, you know, being around um and let's have a good time yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and for you could you tell us what is maybe some of your favorite food items that you have on the tour yeah so (laughs) i really like the brisket and macaroni and cheese at rizzo's i absolutely love those pita chip nachos at grecian gourmet and the sangria, we do get that sometimes. Um, the Jameson slushies at Slider Inn. <laughs> and almost just about anything at Punta Talk right now. Like, they have been killing it with the food lately. Um, yeah, anything from them with that pork is just good. Um, and then, of course, building your own cupcake at Cupcake Cutie. You have to get the glitter at the end. It's it's necessary. It's almost mandatory. <laughs> so. Yes, love the experience of making your own cupcake. Yes. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I'm thinking about like what I would make right now. <laughs> Well, it's a perfect time for us to be talking about food, because I know as folks are listening to this, we're approaching the lunch hour. So I know Christina gave you a lot of great ideas of where you might head for lunch this afternoon. Um, But I'm going to let everyone think on that a little bit more. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. 
We're here with Christina McCarter of City Tasting Tours and so many more food, tourism, businesses. And of course, we're talking all about Memphis, all about deliciousness here in our city and also beyond. So before the break, we were talking about City Tasting Tours, but you also have City Tasting Box that I know you co-created with Lisa Brown. And just another way to get a little bit of taste of Memphis and make maybe some other cities as well. So could you tell us more about the City Tasting Box, how you came up with this idea? Oh my goodness. The City Tasting Box definitely came out of like survival, right? It was, (laughs) what are we gonna do? Um, (laughs) So City Tasting Box was literally just in the back of my head. I didn't know if that would ever come forward. I had a call from Memphis Tourism, and I get these calls all the time, right? I would always get these calls. Hey, I'm trying to put something together. I'm trying to put a gift basket together. I'm trying to put a gift bag together. What can we put in this bag? And I would let them know. And, you know, I got that last call during the pandemic, and I said, you know what? Give me a few months. And I'm going to have something for you that you can just always get. And Lisa called. I can't even remember which one came first. They call her Lisa. But Lisa called literally just to check on me one day. And I said, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm, you know, a little stressed. And I was just glad that I even told her the truth. uh, Because that call led to us talking about solutions. Because the reason that I'm stressed is because I don't know what I'm about to do next. And I've never really had a brain fart. So that was very stressful to me. I couldn't even think straight. um, I just talked to her. She's a really good listener. She's a really good person to talk to um, and just get these ideas out. So I'm just talking and I'm like, yes, I got this idea. I think we could put some stuff in basket or gift bag or something. And, and, People would buy these Memphis food bags, <laughs> and um, she loved the idea. But she was like, "I think that if we put the certain things in there, we can ship them." And we were like, "Ooh, then we could be nationwide, and I don't have to worry about the just the locale uh, audience because that was the problem with my previous when I did the virtual food tours." Yeah. Um, is that it was only for people who were here. I couldn't ship the food to them, right? So we were like, we gotta find something that's actually COVID proof. (laughs) So so that was the answer, City Tasting Box. We can do this around. We can ship these boxes nationwide. And that has been great. Um, So it's like an e-commerce boutique with all these different really good Memphis local goods and you know, it's great for anybody who is like missing home, you know, or, or didn't get to visit Memphis this year. We would get those calls all the time. Hey, I really do like Memphis. I'm so messed up. I can't get there this year. So I'm getting this box because I just need a taste of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we came up with that Memphis travel box first. Yeah. And... We were, you know, because we were thinking food tourism. That's my world is food tourism. So we started with that box. And then and I don't know if you remember, but like all of a sudden this whole like everybody needs to eat local, like nationwide campaign came about. So as we're trying to work on the Memphis travel box, I was thinking, you know, hey, the way I do my tours, we go to real local places, you know, not touristy spots. So I was like, oh, we could do a support local box and just call it literally support local box and put the more, you know, farmer's market and and the real niche like food artisans and the handcrafted people in that box, you know. And of course, I was also thinking like with craft food and wine, which I know we'll get to, but a lot of the people from that festival are some of the people that are in these boxes. So it all like it's funny how everything it's all kind of the same, but all different in its own way. Um, so yeah, it was. We came up with those two, and those have been our two boxes, and it's been a whole roller coaster of you know emotions and 
marketing campaigns and <laughs> you know but it's it's been great though it really has i was just that one phone call that took seven hours turned us into a whole business and i know i overwhelmed lisa she she won't say it but i know that i did because this is her first like serious entrepreneurial um venture i think that i know of but she was like okay i get it now why people are like yeah you crazy and you grind <laughs> Because I was like, okay, we're going to do this and this and this and this. And I'm going to call this person and this person and see if we can put the cookies in the box. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 You know, so many things stick out to me from you just sharing with us how the City Tasting Box came about. But I think one of the most important things is how you said you actually were, you felt comfortable enough to tell Lisa how you were really feeling. Yeah, because, you know, most of the time somebody calls and you could be literally just wiping your eyes. You're like, I'm fine, you know, because <laughs> you don't really want to talk about it. But it was like, you know, I, I lose nothing telling her how I feel um, because she knows she's calling me because she knows that I'm messed up. <laughs> so I can't even lie. I couldn't even. There's no way she probably would have even let me say I'm fine. And, and actually believe me, you know? So, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's so much power in being able to say, you know what, I'm not okay. Yeah. And this is why, and especially as you mentioned, for you, this phone call was happening, you know, when COVID was kind of first yeah. happening. So definitely that level of stress as someone with a business that was very much dependent on being able to move around and be around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that stress, very, very high, but having someone who called, who asked, and for you feeling comfortable to say like, you know what? No, I'm not okay. And like you said, by you saying that, she was able to help you brainstorm with some solutions. Right. Yeah, because her thing was me saying I'm not okay. And then I'm also like, you know, the restaurants, they're all like stressed and everything. And she's like, girl, I'm asking about you, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there really is, I feel like everything I do is very um, codependent on my community. So if there is no community, if there is no restaurant industry, there is, there's no tours like I can't do the tours without the restaurant so I'm always calling on them and you know even that got a little stressful like taking in everybody else's stress and hearing what they're going through because it was a lot and a lot of people might not realize how hard those first few months were for everybody to just like we're literally just pulling each other up like by the collar like we gotta do this y'all we gotta get up we i have to get up <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and i love what you said about the city tasting box how it appeals to people both folks who might be from memphis and wanting that taste of home again food is so central to our experience of home yes it's nostalgic we were talking about that the other day one of our boxes we're about to we're about to redo the Memphis travel box. We'll change all the boxes every year, right? So we're adding um, a different barbecue sauce in there. It'll be Corky's this time. Um, their barbecue sauce, and we we're just like everybody has a Corky's moment. Like everybody has a nostalgic moment with some barbecue in Memphis. Oh yeah. There's no way if you unless like your maybe unless your family was like vegan, I guess. But like everybody in Memphis has one barbecue story at least. So putting that barbecue in there is like always going to have that nostalgic feel to it because that's just so Memphis. And then adding other things like, you know, cookies or caramels or um, what's the other thing? That, oh, the hot wing sauce. I mean, yeah, it's it's so Memphis. Like it's yeah. so Memphis. Yes, and it's funny you mentioned Corky's because for Christmas, I actually sent my dad uh, Corky's, like the whole meal. So the whole set, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Like ribs and the baked yeah. beans, like the whole meal. Uh, because he doesn't- they sell like a million or something, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Exactly. And I just knew for my dad, like you said, that nostalgia part, you know, he doesn't live here in Memphis anymore, but obviously Mm -hmm. this is also a home for him. And Mm -hmm. so just having that, literally that taste of home and kind of bringing back those Memphis memories. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Now, City Tasting Box, I know you're also expanding or hoping to multiple cities. All right, so tell us about that. Okay, so that is very exciting. It's something we knew, you know, in that seven-hour conversation that we knew we wanted to do. We just knew we couldn't do it in 2020. I mean, that would have been crazy. Um, So we definitely, you know, City Tasting Box is definitely a a brand that will expand to other cities. Uh, We want to have that same thing that we do for the Memphis Travel Box and kind of take that and do it in other cities that are known for their food as well. You know, so there's parts of New York, of course, that are known for things, Chicago, uh, parts of Texas, um, you know, St. Louis, Georgia, you know, all around California. So, we want to, we haven't, I'm naming more than what we are actually considering, so it stays a surprise, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of other places that have really good food, and we just want to make sure that we can do that for, you know, more artisans than what we have here. We started with about eight, and now we have 30 here. We want to do the same for artisans everywhere else, uh, because what we noticed is that it's truly inspiring. A lot of artisans here, or food makers, if that might be a more common word, um, to want more, you know, and, and they can dream big too. So it's like they're dreaming big right along with us because if we sell a thousand boxes, that's a thousand of your granola and your popcorn and your cookies and your tea that's going out all over the country. So. We're, we want to do that and, and keep doing that. And then we're also going to do the subscription model, mostly because y'all keep asking us for it. <laughs> it's every time, like in the beginning, especially people automatically thought that it was a subscription model. And we were like, well, maybe it should be. Uh, we didn't consider it, but maybe it should be. Um, we listen to the audience a lot. Uh, we think that's very important to listen and see what the people really do want and you know a quarterly subscription box we can we can make that happen yeah. so yeah we'll we'll be doing that in 2022 and of course i love themes so they'll all have a theme and they'll all be super cute and fun and they'll make great gifts for yourself and anybody else you know <laughs> absolutely but, yeah. but now, it's gonna take a lot yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask, like, what does it take to expand City Tasting Box to other cities? $725,000 is what that takes. Um, it's a lot. I mean, we're really, what we're trying to do is really get up there with the big dogs and play in that field. And the only way to do it is to have the dollars to do it. And we've gotten a lot of support. Um, we have a lot of, you know, corporations already wanting to back us up and get behind it. Um, they they see it as just such a great genius idea as, as we do, and we appreciate the support wholeheartedly. Um, but it's, it's going to take us to, you know, be able to have enough space for hundreds and thousands of inventory, yeah. um, staff, space, storage, fulfillment, shipping. Uh, you know, we'll be having, you know, we'll have things in two different locations. It won't all just be in Memphis anymore. We're going to have to get some sent to maybe Dallas or Chattanooga. Um, so it'll take a lot more. We're kind of, I'm not sure if you, I'm, everybody's heard of Amazon, but I'm not that crazy. But like, you know, think a very niche market of, of local foods. And that's what we're trying to do, you know is put all of these things or, um, I don't know, like a gold belly or a hello fresh, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And those are huge companies. And the, the reason they were able to get there is because they were able to raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do now Two two black women from Memphis, Tennessee, 
We're trying to get uh, names out there, um, you know, in this real food market because e-commerce, food e-commerce especially, is it's taken off. And while there were a lot of terrible moments with COVID, um, e-commerce was was and still is, you know, very great to us. And we just want to make sure whichever way the trend goes that we're ready for it. Absolutely. Now, when I asked you, you know, what does it take to expand? You very quickly threw out a very precise number. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, how can folks support this expansion? Yeah. Um, well, you can all go to citytastingbox.com, but you can also visit us on I Fund Women. We have our crowdfunding campaign there. And this isn't really your typical crowdfund where we're just asking for money. We're actually giving out rewards for every single, um, you know, donation that you give. So, you know, if you donated a hundred dollars, you get a you'll get a box at the end of around the holidays. Basically, we'll send you a box, um, and then we have you know bigger packages. We have group packages if y'all want to get together on that, or if you want to send that to your boss and say, hey. You know, or if you're the boss and you want to give your, you know, your awesome coworkers a gift for, I mean, surviving this insane year, you know, um, I, I think it, I think it's really a great, we could shift it like so many different ways, but it's really a great gift and they'll be going out during the holidays too. So it kind of, it kind of can work out as a holiday gift. It, uh, the boxes that we're doing is called the mission box because we are on a mission, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yes. As you see, I come up with all the names. I'm just so straightforward. I'm like, that's what it is. Yes, I love that. I love the idea of the mission box because you all are definitely two women on a mission. And yes. what a great way to support both the expansion of City Tasting Box, some local foodpreneurs, but yeah. also that holiday tie-in. I mean, you can go ahead and get some of that holiday shopping yeah. out of the way right now. Yes, ma'am. And we are really encouraging everybody to get their holiday shopping in early because we all know what happened last year. And that was pretty devastating to a lot of businesses and just people who didn't get their packages in on time. So, you know, we kind of handle all of that for you with with these packages that we have and the great thing about the boxes is everything in there has great shelf life so even if you got it a month ahead it would still be fresh and it would still be just fine and every single box we love to say this every box is literally supporting 10 small businesses in one box because everything from the filler paper the box itself and everything inside that box is all made right here in Memphis, every single part of it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hardly even about us. It's about the fact that if 10,000 people order these boxes, 2,000 people order these boxes, again, that's 2,000 jams that Shailene has to make and 2,000 granolas and we pay them. It's not like they're giving us this stuff for free, of course, we're trying to really support the local economy here. So that's, you know, money to help them. Almost, we've had people say that they've been able to hire two more people, you know, because of what we're doing. So we're trying to get that going. We really do want this to be the circle for the local food economy. I love that. That's so important. I mean, we can't understate how important that is with everything. Again, everything is tied together, but especially mm -hmm. the way that y'all approach the city tasting box where every single element is here local and yeah. so the local food economy. And that's yeah. just so awesome. And then I just want to say too about the city tasting box, not only are the items inside the box you know so tasty and also just look so good but the boxes themselves are a piece of <laughs> right so this is how me and lisa knew that we were going to be great together the first thing that we had to agree on was the box okay so we said okay we know we went, we left the, the bag alone within like a day we were like okay it's not going to be a bag then when we went to the box, we were like, oh, okay, let's look at some boxes, you know, Fab Fit Fun or something like that, you know? And I was like, oh, 
boxes have to look awesome. And then I, I think I texted her or something. I said, I know exactly who I want to do this box. And she said, me too. And then I said, Maya Sane. And she said, oh, my God, that's who I was going to say too. I love her work. So I think we just called Maya, you know, as if she isn't an artist. I think I just called her and was like, hey, so we got this thing we're trying to do. And, you know, and she's just like, oh, yeah, this sounds cool. She's basically figuring it out as we're figuring it out. Now, I don't suggest that for anybody going into work with artists. I didn't know, but she is easily one of the most busy, talented, like, artists in Memphis. And digital illustration is totally different from, you know, paint. I learned so much from working with Maya, and I loved it. Um, she was so on it. You know, I think we did, we had a lot, like, we had one big revision because we weren't telling her the right you know, direction to go in, because, like, we didn't really know. So then when she came back, what y'all see now, it was a little bit different, but she went from one end to the whole other end, and we were like, that's it, that's it. Like, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, little, little bitty, you know, tweaks here and there, but she killed it. She killed it. And I don't know if we'll ever change the box, to be honest with you. I, I mean... We wanted her to do, you know, all the boxes after that, but she got some really big deals and, you know, she she is she getting it. That's all I can say is Maya is out here getting it. I'm just glad that we got in, you know, before it was like she was booked and busy. So we, we were probably her we squeezed in in there, but yeah, no, I, I would recommend her to anybody. Um that is looking for digital illustration. And even if she can't do it, she has so many other friends, you know, who are creatives too, that she could recommend. Um, and then our majority box, that one was done by Jennifer Elaine. So she hand painted, mm. which I, I, again, here we go stressing our artists. Um, <laughs> she had to, hand paint this and then do a digital over it. So if she didn't get it right in the first go, I mean, she would have basically hit, you know, so she, she did it and then we're like, okay, we like it, but can we get this one thing changed? <laughs> and so she changed it and luckily, it, I mean, it didn't mess up anything. But again, second go around, killed it. And then put it on the box and everybody loves it. It's literally artwork on your box i've told people to cut it out if you wanted to and frame it because yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing what they can do i'm not that kind of a creative so it's like i can't i don't i don't know but it's amazing i love it yeah. i really do i love it too and now just one more time where can folks learn more about the city tasting box order their tasting box so, yeah citytastingbox.com and if you're looking for our crowdfunding campaign and, and that whole sale um, go to I Fund Women but you can also find it on our website citytastingbox.com it's called The Mission Box yes love it women mm -hmm. on a mission you're yes. listening to Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM and we'll be right back this is Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm Sana and I'm here with Christina McCarter and we're talking about all the delicious things here in Memphis that Christina is creating and supporting through her many different foodpreneur businesses. And before the break, we were talking about the city tasting box and how it supports so many um, food artisans here in Memphis. But I know something else that you do that supports a lot of the food creators here is the Craft Food and Wine Festival. You know, we love a festival here <laughs> in Memphis. And I think who doesn't love food? and wine um, and of course all locally owned locally local creators so tell us more about the craft food and wine festival yes so it's the second annual craft food and wine festival benefiting church health 
Um, this will be held Sunday, November 21st. It is a multiple tasting session type of festival. So you can buy your different tasting sessions uh, to enjoy. You will get to taste anything, you know, from cheeses, breads, uh, meats, jams, jellies, pickles, mustards, um, pastas, you know, any and everything that people can make with their hands is what you will be able to enjoy at this festival. So it won't be too many, it won't be a very restaurant centric, I'd say, uh, festival. It's definitely more of a food maker centric festival. Um, but it's so much fun. And then on top of that, you get to try over a dozen, I would say, different types of wines. And that will be exciting, too. And we'll have uh, spirits there as well. Yeah. Live music, DJs, you know, photo booths, all of that. Beer. We'll have beer there as well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It definitely will be an event. <laughs> and obviously COVID threw some wrench in having a festival last year. Um, yeah. You're back this year. Yes. Um, and, you know, I really hate it because church health was a big part in the beginning stages of COVID and trying to help everyone, you know, get their testing and all of that done. Um, you know, Church Health is also a big uh, provider for a lot of people with their Memphis plan, their clinical services for people like me who, you know, for years as an entrepreneur, I did not uh, have regular health insurance. So they've been there for me and other uh, restaurant people and, and servers and, you know, just people who can't get regular health insurance. So again, it's, it's a great cause and it's a lot of fun. It's and this, uh, this year, you'll be able to shop as well. So you'll be able to, whatever you tasted and you loved, you can buy it right there directly from them, you know? So if you love that popcorn, you can buy it. If you love that granola, you can buy it, you know? Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun, a lot of sampling and eating, but also a lot of shopping. And it's around Christmas time. So, you know, you'll be able to go ahead and get you a few things and, you know, enjoy. I love it. I love it. Look and enjoy it, and then immediately you can go ahead and immediately those items, which is so yep. perfect. Because how many times have you been to some sort of kind of like tasting festival, and you're like, oh, I really love that mustard or that jam, and you're like, I'm gonna get that, but then the opportunity, right? It's not, it's not an easy way to do it, but here, no. everything is there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Now, why this food and wine festival? How did you come up with this idea? Oh, I, oh, I, yeah, this one was simple. I really just like cheese boards. Um, <laughs> I just like, I love cheese boards. Uh, so I was like, there should be a cheese board festival. So we started with one, it was like butcher board festival. That one got 300 people there. And then the next year I changed it to craft food and wine festival. And that really opened up a lot more doors. Um, I realized, again, you know, there's only, I think there's only one type of food and wine festival here, the Memphis Food and Wine Festival. Um, so I was like, oh, let's go on the other end of that and kind of do something more on the artisan end. And it's, it's, been, it's been great. It's been, um, a, it's affordable. I, well, I'll say affordable. Affordable for people is different, but in all you can taste festival at $75 is affordable. Um, so I wanted to make it something that, you know, a lot more people could experience and kind of get those like food and wine, like have your little classy bougie moments and still get to try all these different wines, you know, and have a good time and get dressed up and be cute. Um, we have it at the, the Columns, which is a very big and beautiful location. Um, People have asked me would I move it outdoors, and it's simply I can't because of the type of food that we have. So you can't just have, you know, cheese sitting outside. You can't really just have charcuterie, like, sitting outside. Yeah. Um, so for health purposes alone, it's staying inside for the food. As far as COVID is related, it's a huge location, and we split the sessions in half. So it's not a bunch of people 
in the building all day. We've always only done two hour sessions. So that's the max, you know, that you can really even hang out and enjoy yourself. And so I guess we were already COVID friendly, you know, but, you know, feel free to wear your mask. Um, it's probably still going to be mandated by then anyway. So, you know, with it kind of being the restaurant feel, you know, I, I just say wear your mask and as you're eating, just, you know, pull it down and enjoy yourself. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now, I know you mentioned one kind of one of the motivations behind creating the craft food and wine festival was also just this love of charcuterie. Oh, and yes. I think, you know, charcuterie has kind of taken over our lives right now. Where mm -hmm. it's extremely trendy, too, and people are talking about it in ways that maybe hasn't been that mainstream in previous right. years. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't slowed down if that. You know, we've been doing it for two years now, and we have not slowed down. I don't think we knew that when when we first started, um, but it was quickly received um, because we were the only ones doing it at the time. We were the only cheese board delivery service in Memphis, and I believe there's a few more now, and then there's like the, the new cheese shop, too. Um, but it, it was definitely received and then once instagram realized like oh this is a colorful thing and you don't know you don't have to know how to cook you know to make a cheese board so you know all of those kind of things go in with it and it's beautiful and it's tasty as long as you kind of know what to pair so yeah you know people absolutely love this this has definitely turned into the best appetizer i feel like in memphis though we've been eating you know, cheese and charcuterie because we eat sausage and cheese plates yeah. all the time. So that's almost how I had to warm people up to it that weren't familiar. They were like, what's a charcuterie board? Or however they might say it, you know. I'd be like, think like a sausage and cheese plate, but fancier. You know? Like that's how I would help people understand it. And people have been loving them. I got to go drop one off to Rico's after the call. Yes, I love, you know, but I love how you say like, Memphis has been doing charcuterie. It just yeah. wasn't called that. It was called a sausage and cheese. It was just a sausage and barbecue place. Yeah, yeah. We had the pickles because we had pepperoncinis. We always had the crackers. It was just saltines. We always had mustard. You know, so we we've been doing this for a while, you guys. <laughs> yes, but now you can get a little bougie with it. And oh, yes, take it to a picnic, your girls' night in, tailgates. You know, we've had people do. And people think this is just for women, but I have guys call us a lot, a lot. And they'll just basically, you know how they always say, like, the wife eats off of the husband's plate? The husband's eating off of the wife's plate and, like, calls, hey, y'all got some more of that brie dip with the jam on it? I'm like, yeah, we ran out, but <laughs> call us next week. <laughs> Yes, I love that. You know, that's so true because I was just thinking my boyfriend loves charcuterie, but yeah. it's not something that he would have necessarily said or done previously, right? right? Yeah. It's like, I really love it. And so now he gets to enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, that is sometimes a deciding factor in restaurants that we go to because we're like, oh, appetizer, like who has a really nice charcuterie yes. appetizer? Yes. And we will- yeah decisions based on that yeah. so are you more of a cheese or the charcuterie i'm more of a cheese yeah yeah like more of the yeah. cheese and like the mustards especially like the really yeah. good mustards yeah. yes yes i'm i'm a savory person so i'm definitely more of a charcuterie with a mustard or i've been to places where they'll have like a sausage flight or something with different mustards Count me in if you have that at your restaurant. I want to try it all. But I also loved uh, like a flight of cheeses. And then it gives me a good idea of, you know, just different things I can try or th things that we could possibly put on the board. Our boards are definitely more on the general style uh, because, you know, unless someone asks for some customization. But overall, they're, you know, just beautiful grazing boxes. And we ship them. I mean, I ship. We deliver them for free. <laughs> They are free delivery in all of Shelby County. You just order it 
online. You pick your date. You pick your time that you want it, and we can bring it to you. Or you can come pick it up. Awesome. And so if folks wanted to order, where would they go to order? Feastandgraze.com. Yep. Love it. And I think the other great thing about charcuterie is you really get an opportunity to try different things, whether it's different meats or cheeses or even just different condiments that maybe you wouldn't normally encounter. Right, right. I always tell people fig jam, you know, I think growing up, that was not an option, you know, or apricot jam. So we've kind of been getting more into making sure that everything is paired that's on your board. So sometimes people will say like, oh, I don't like blue cheese. You think that you don't like blue cheese because you haven't eaten it with the right thing. You put that with some honey or tomato and boom. It's one of the best things that you've probably ever had. Or you might just get a you might just be getting a super funky blue cheese. And there are some that are a lot more mild. So yeah. I'll have Lisa here sometimes and I just like literally just throw things in her mouth. Like, try this, try this, try this. You know? So like if she likes it or if my mom likes it, people who aren't very familiar with the cheeses, then I'm like, okay, if she likes it, then we can give that one a go. So yeah. <laughs> And now her family asks for him like every Sunday. They're like, hey, Christina, come over here with the board. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, I know we're coming towards the end of our time together this morning. But there's just one thing that I wanted, um, I guess, one more question or comment, really. You know, I love that through all of your businesses, it is very much about supporting local and really creating that, again, like you mentioned, that local food economy, creating it going but keeping it going, but also connecting to other community partners. I mean, like the the tie-in with Refuge Memphis and health. And I just Mm -hmm. think that's so important through your business, supporting a variety of different local businesses. And I'm wondering, was that your intention from the beginning? Yes, ma'am. You know, I've always wanted to, I don't know if you ever heard, but like a B corporation, where it's like you can be philanthropic, but also make money. It's like both, you know, my left and right side, like you better make that money, but it's like, (laughs) you know, how can you make the world a better place, Christina? So, you know, I just have always wanted to put those two together however I can. And I think that it's way more possible than meets the eye. And I think the more people that do that and show, look at what I did and I made that super easy, then the more that it, it'll inspire other people to do the same. Like even with feasting graves, every single aspect of that business is 100% compostable. Mm-hmm. And people would think, oh, you're, that's crazy. And that's expensive. It's actually not because I care about it and it's not expensive to me. Mm-hmm. So, and it's actually just not expensive anymore. Like a lot of the stuff is actually costing the same as plastic now. So um, because there's more people doing it yeah. and the, the, I'll give everybody a quick tip. If you can't find your products right now because the supply chain is horrible, go go friendly because that stuff is wide open. They haven't ran out of anything. So, you know, yeah, just switch on over. Switch on over. You won't have those problems anymore. (laughs) Yes, yes. I love that. You know, I just love this idea of showing a model for exactly what you said, how you can philanthropic but also profitable and a lot of us sometimes we you know grow up learning that you have to pick one or the other or aspects of society will tell you oh you have to pick one or the other and that's simply not true and we see that everything that you're doing thank you Well, thank you so much for being here with us this morning, Christina. It's been a pleasure to learn more about all of your many delicious businesses. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, I'm going to have to bring you a cheese board. Yes, look, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Christina McCarter for joining us this morning. Now, I don't know about you, but after learning about the many different food-based businesses that Christina is a part of, from Memphis Dining Week to City Tasting Tours, the City Tasting Box, 
craft food and wine festival and feast and graze. You know, I'm definitely getting a little hungry, uh, but guess what? Thank you so much to Christina for sharing all about her businesses, but also reminding us to eat local. And definitely in the first segment of this morning's show, she shared a lot of great local businesses. So I just want to encourage you to go out and eat local. Now for today's positive note, I'm sure you've probably heard the quote, if it is important to you, you will find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. And so I just want to tie this back in to something that Christina said as we started to wind down this morning's conversation. And that was around being able to have a business that's both profitable, but also philanthropic. And how she explained that, you know, that was important to her to have philanthropy as a part of her business, right? And really a value that she shares in giving back to the community. And so I think what an excellent model for us in all the different businesses that Christina is a part of that give back to the local food economy, but also give back to a variety of other organizations here in our city of Memphis. Y'all, this has been Let's Grab Coffee on WYXR 91.7 FM. I'm so happy that you spent some of this beautiful Monday morning with me, and I can't wait to join you back here next Monday.